am so excited to introduce today our next two guests and our two speakers. We have with us Dr. B himself and Ethan, co-author of the Amazon best-selling book, Dr. B's Concussion Breakthrough. And they are here to share their personal stories with you as they navigated through their concussion journey and what they are doing now to serve others that are suffering. Hi guys, welcome. Hi, thanks, thanks for, for having us on. Well, thank you so much for being here. And Ethan, would you like to go first and just share with us and tell us more about your personal journey with concussions, how you came to meet Dr. B and what you guys are doing now? Certainly, yeah. So uh, I'll start from the very beginning. Uh, I, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, and uh, both my parents loved hockey. And they had my brother and me playing hockey when we were like two years old. And uh, so I was playing a high level of hockey when I was eight years old. And uh, unfortunately, I collided with another player when the play was off uh, to the side of us. We were both looking you know, where the puck was, and we didn't see each other. Uh, we collided, fell back, and I hit my head hard on the ice. And uh, that resulted in my first really bad concussion, but I didn't know it at the time. Um, I thought my head was invincible prior to that. I'd hit my head many times and never had any issues. I'd actually run around the house banging my head with my fists because I thought I was invincible. And uh, so when I went off the rink, uh, I sat down for about five minutes or so. And um, just being a kid that loved playing hockey and thought I was invincible, I wanted to get back out there. I didn't want to let anything stop me or take me out of the game. And uh, unfortunately, back then, about 20 years ago, uh, coaches didn't have any kind of formal concussion awareness or concussion training or any kind of protocols to follow. So they didn't know that I had a concussion and they didn't know that I should sit out the rest of the game. So they actually let me go back in after about five minutes and I finished the game. And then after that, I went to a friend's house and it was about three to four hours after the concussion had occurred that I started to really feel like something was going on. And so I called my dad and got him to come pick me up from my friend's house and went home and basically went straight to bed. And then the next morning I woke up and uh, it felt like I had been smashed over the head with a sack of bricks or something, you know, really heavy. And my, my whole head just felt very like tight and heavy and tense and I tried to get up and walk to the bathroom and I had extreme vertigo and dizziness and, and it was just very hard to even go to the bathroom so uh, over the next 10 days I ended up just basically laying in bed most of the day and when I did have to leave my bedroom I would crawl to the bathroom or I'd crawl to the dining table and I'd eat my dinner laying on the floor and uh, my parents were really concerned about me because you know, this is really weird behavior for an, for an eight-year-old who had been perfectly healthy and perfectly fine up until this point. And now all of a sudden he's, you know, can't even walk for more than 10 to 20 seconds and crawling around and constantly complaining about my head hurting and symptoms and stuff. So we tried to find uh, solutions, uh, but since it was about 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot of uh, information or studies or knowledge about concussions and, and the proper protocols to follow so I was just told by my doctors to just stay in a dark room and rest until I started feeling better and uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard that if they've had a concussion before as well um, and it can be really frustrating because you know as a person you want to be like well you know isn't there more that I can do to help speed up this process or improve the you know the chance that I'm going to fully recover from this you know is there more than I can do than just laying in bed and uh, unfortunately I didn't get those answers when I was young and I think now looking back after we've written this book uh, there was a lot of mistakes that we made just because we didn't have the right information so that was one of the big motivations for creating Dr. B's concussion breakthrough was to put all the information out there so that if someone is dealing with concussion or if they have a kid who's dealing with concussion, they can look into our book and they can get a lot of these answers that uh, myself and my parents didn't get. Uh, and what's really unique about our book is it's not, it's written in very uh, easy in, easy to understand English so that the average person can understand what's going on and what is the next step to do based on you know what they find in the book. And so we take a conversational kind of approach to it where each chapter starts with a question uh, that I asked Dr. Blaskovich, and then he goes in depth explaining, you know, what the mechanisms are, or what's going on here, uh, and basically we want to take the perspective of, you know, what are like a list of questions that a parent or my parents would have had at the time when they're dealing with concussed children, and um, that's kind of how the book came about. 
uh, I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how Dr. Blaskovich and I met. Uh, I, I had had about 10 to 15 concussions over my teenage years, um, and I think that was because I was very susceptible to brain injuries after that first really bad concussion, uh, because there was times when I got concussions from hits to the head that other kids my age didn't have any major concussion issues or symptoms from. Um, and when I was uh, about 24, I was uh, snowboarding and I hit my head uh, on, a, on a black diamond run and it was giving me a few months of, of post-concussion symptoms. My dad was actually coming in to see Dr. Boscovich about an, an unrelated injury in, in his hip or something uh, related to ice hockey. And, uh, and they just started talking about my concussion history and, and Dr. Boscovich suggested that I come in to see him because he had a unique perspective on post-concussion symptoms, especially someone like myself who had been experiencing many years of post-concussion symptoms. And so I came in to see Dr. Blaskovich, and right away within the first session of me explaining what kind of injuries I've had, how they occurred, all the different aspects of it, he, he immediately identified that I was probably dealing with cranial cervical instability in my neck, not actually a brain injury or symptoms related to an issue in the brain. It was actually coming from the brain stem in the neck region. And so Dr. Blaskovich is one of the only doctors, one of the only two doctors here in Canada that has a uh, digital motion x-ray machine. And he used that to show me that I was dealing with ligament damage in my neck from a hit from behind in ice hockey. And that was causing my vertebrae to shift and that was triggering post-concussion symptoms on a reoccurring basis. And so that was really eye-opening for me and that's kind of what led us down the path of, of writing the book, Dr. B's Concussion Breakthrough. Uh, because one day after we had done the, the exam, I was getting treated by Dr. B and I just said, hey, have you ever written a book about this? Because this is like super interesting information uh, that I've never heard in over 15 years. And, you know, I know a lot of people are probably dealing with the same issues. And he said he hadn't, he hadn't done one, but he had thought about doing a book and, and really wanted to. Uh, but it's just very difficult to find the time as being a, a, you know, a full-time doctor with multiple clinics that he's running. So I said, well, can I help you with that? And, and he said yes, so we just started meeting on a weekly basis every Tuesday morning before his clinic opened, uh, and we just went uh, chapter by chapter, question by question, and uh, eventually over, over a year we put together a 400-page uh, book about concussion healing and uh, whiplash and neck injuries. I celebrate that with you, and um, I, I feel for you during that journey. And, um, you know, being that I walked my son through multiple concussions and they not knowing and then knowing and then learning and being like, why didn't we know this before? And the information that you guys offer in that there are in that moment, especially when you're parents with someone or possibly you with yourself and your brain, the most magnificent like computing device in the world running your body. And when it's on the fritz, imagine taking a ball back to your computer system and being like, huh, why isn't it working? And then you know, the, the kind of some of the shame, some of the, you know, rebounds that come back from just not being at your best and just in the, the suffering of life stops, life as you know, it stops, quality of life as you know, it stops, you know, and then not having the answers and, and the uncertainty is scary, right? On, on top of the pain. And then everyone's trying to just work at it and tools and techniques help, you know, and um, what you guys have and the information you have, um, I know firsthand to be incredibly amazing. Um, I'd like now to, um, Dr. B, open the floor to you to share with us, you have your own personal journey with concussions in your own personal life. You understand what it's like to personally walk through one. Now you help professional athletes and other people that you serve that come into your clinic and contact you on a regular basis, walking them through their journey and navigating you know, them through their journey. Would you share with us now your journey, bringing it to what you're doing now and how you're helping and serve people? Sure, absolutely. Um, as with most things, uh, I didn't plan on being here and, and be doing what I'm doing, and, and it just sort of uh, snowballed and, and happened that way. Initially, as a child, I was I was generally the most athletic, one of the most athletic uh, people on whatever team I was on, uh, and I was usually one of the tallest and and the, the strongest. And so, in particular, when I was 10 years old playing soccer. Um, after about 20 minutes of, of running hard, my one leg would go completely numb and I was not able to continue playing and so I'd have to sit out and let it recover and then I could go back in and so it became very frustrating 
and my parents ended up taking me first obviously to the family doctor which then led to probably about four or five other specialist appointments uh, with pediatricians and, and orthopedic uh, specialists uh, and the conclusion with all of those was that my muscles were not strong enough and that I should stop playing sports for fear of any further you know injuries in the future to prevent all that and so that wasn't a sufficient answer for myself nor for my parents and, and, and luckily at the time uh, for me my my dad was undergoing treatment with a chiropractor for a herniated disc and and kind of just like ethan's dad um, he had mentioned something to the chiropractor and the chiropractor said well bring him in let me check him out and you know long story short i went in there he took some x-rays found out that my pelvis was tilted 19 millimeters to one side and that it was torqued and he said basically you know, give me two months, give me about, you know, uh, one visit a week, so about eight treatments. And he did end up putting a, a lift in my shoe uh, temporarily to basically neutralize the height of my pelvis. And, and basically within two months, what I was suffering with, and this was actually a two-year project, so between 10 and 12 is when I saw all these specialists. And at 12, we finally bit the bullet. I saw this chiropractor. And within two months and those eight visits and the heel lift, I was 110% again. And I haven't had any problems with that since. And so my impression of, of him and the whole process was was dramatic. And I, and I thought, I want to be this guy. I want to do what he does. He looks like he really enjoys what he's doing. He has a passion for it. Um, he's not you know sterile like my experiences were with medical doctors. And so at, at the age of 12, I said, I want to be that. I want to be a chiropractor. And so I really set my path towards being a chiropractor. And then lo and behold, when I was in uh, university uh, playing football, I suffered a concussion, which wasn't, or what was diagnosed as a concussion. And it wasn't a hard hit. And I had many hard hits before where, you know, I came up and nothing, there was no follow-up symptoms or anything. In this particular occasion, I was I played quarterback and I threw the ball down the field and I was admiring my nice, nice throw. And a linebacker came through the line and just wrapped me up with my arms at my sides as I'd thrown the ball. So I was incapacitated as far as being able to brace for the fall. Plus I was distracted by what I was looking at down the field. And so I fell backwards and he fell on top of me. And just the way my head with helmet on it uh, hit the ground, um, it, it knocked me out, I think for a split second or a few seconds. Um, and then I came to with the, you know, birdies flying around my head and uh, it's almost like an explosion went off in there and I, you know, went off the field, um, I think with guidance of my teammates. And then normally at, at that time, my job is to go stand by the coach as, as the quarterback or even as a backup quarterback. Our job is always to stand by the coach to follow the game. In this particular instance, uh, I didn't actually go to the coach. I ended up being somewhere down at the end of the bench, uh, just joking with other players. And that wasn't uncommon for me to be joking with the other guys. And so nobody thought of anything unusual. And then uh, all of a sudden, it was our turn to go back onto the field within a short period of time. And and I wasn't where I was supposed to be. So everybody was yelling my name and finally got down to the end of the bench and they said, you're, you're back in. And I was like, oh, okay. I kind of zoned out of my trance and, and I went and I'd actually forgotten my helmet. So I had to go back and get my helmet. One of the guys you know, brought me my helmet. So I put it on and I went to the coach. Um, just, I think out of, out of uh, classical conditioning, it was an automatic response like a chicken continue to run, run around when its head's been cut off. And so he gave me the play and I took three steps out onto the field and then I turned around and I basically said, what's that? And so I had no clue as to what he was telling me to do, even though it was the simplest play in our playbook. And so he called the timeout, they assessed me and they diagnosed me with a concussion. And so um, I followed the regular protocol, rest, darkness. Um, and I think within about two or three weeks, I was back fully at it. And what I noticed initially was that when I used to sit at the back of the lecture halls, um, I could easily see the overhead or the blackboard and, and not have to squint. And so the first thing that I noticed was uh, not so much neck pain or headaches or any of the stuff that Ethan describes. It was more that I had blurry vision and I felt like my ears were constantly full, that like I had to either pop them or equilibrate them somehow as if I was going up in an airplane. And that was perpetual, it kept happening. And I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then I had to go get assessed for glasses and ended up having to wear glasses to see distance. Um, and then from there, within I think about a year or two years, I started developing headaches and more you know, persistent neck pain. Um, and then I, uh, because I was already geared towards chiropractic school, that was literally my second last year of, of university in football. And so um, I went to chiropractic school and I started uh, developing a little bit more frequent headaches and I would get treated there. But anyways, long story short, that gave me the, 
that gave me the, the, the venue and the knowledge on how to look for information that wasn't readily available and presentable in a textbook form where you could pick from all different aspects of a particular uh, discipline and piece them together to make some sense out of it. And, and what I'd always noticed prior to that is that it felt like my head was not connected to my neck. There was this clicking or sloshing sound that was very subtle but very disconcerting when I would be lying down and I'd just initiate the lifting of my head off the pillow. It felt like, felt like there was this suction in the top of my neck just under my skull. And then whenever I tried to explain that to the doctors, plus the you know, fullness in my ears and the blurry vision, it would be literally in one ear and out the other as if I was talking a different language and they just wanted to know about neck pain or a headache. And so once I got into chiropractic and I started you know, uh, researching it and I finished uh, my clinical practice or practicum as a chiropractor and I went into practice, I started noticing that there was a lot of uh, the frequency of patients with the similar kinds of symptoms as I had um, was so prevalent that I was shocked by it. And I initially started doing chiropractic the way I was taught it, so adjusting, cracking. And then I quickly came to realize that even for my own problems, the, the thing that was most beneficial for me was acupressure. It was literally sustained pressure on certain muscles. And that came by trial and error. And it turns out um, that as I started doing that with more of my patients who were having similar problems, and, and I would ask them, you know, if I could experiment on them, I would literally ask them that. And they would agree to it, and, and I started experiencing patients that had had 20 years of chronic headaches and, and dizziness and nausea and neck pain that had been as a result of some kind of a head or neck trauma were responding very favorably and very quickly, uh, unlike they had ever done with, before with any other treatment. And that was kind of my experience as well. And I started experimenting with myself some more and, and basically devised a, a technique or, or a method to address my problems and, and quite successfully. And so I, I've been doing that with my patients ever since. But about, um, about seven years into practice, I discovered that there was this thing uh, called motion x-ray. And I thought to myself, that seems so logical. Why have I never heard of this before? As a biomechanical uh, practitioner, which chiropractors are, where we put you know anatomy and, and physiology into into connection, I said, why? I thought to myself, why this seems so logical? Why have I never heard of this before? So I investigated it. Turned out it was a real thing, and I said, well, this sounds like exactly like what I need to to do because I, I like I said, I, I've always felt like my head is no longer connected properly to my neck, and so I made a point uh, at that time. I was in in the Netherlands. We were living in the Netherlands and working there, and, and we had three practices. And I decided to take a trip to the states and and have this the scan done on me and it was by a chiropractor and as we were reviewing the scan about 12 years of not knowing just came to a halt because I could see right in front of me what my problem was that had eluded all the other imaging that was ever done and there was everything under the sun was done by that point in time with normal results and so uh, having that information I said that's what I got to do and I set forth in wanting to, to provide that for my patients and not so much for myself but for them because I had actually already presumed that it was instability that I was dealing with, so I addressed it that way. And um, fast forward to now, um, that ability to be able to diagnose that uh, in people who have been searching for answers and have been getting the same bottlenecks that I got of everything seems to be normal and therefore your symptoms are unexplainable, so you must be getting depressed or you must, something anxiety and so, the, the focus switches on to something other than actually what's what's at hand. And so I found now that, you know, tying the clinical presentation so that what the patient is telling me as far as their dysfunctions, disabilities, impairments, and symptoms, and then correlating that to the um, functional imaging findings, so not static imaging findings. So by doing the motion x-ray, correlating that to the symptoms they have, it's inevitably turned out that the majority, if not all the patients who have these sort of invisible um, problems that are causing their post permanent post-concussive issues, the issue lies in their upper cervical spine just below their skull, and it is the issue is damaged ligaments, and whenever someone's damaged a ligament, whether it be the ACL in their knee or any other ligament, the damage is permanent. There's no, um, by definition, healing of those ligaments by the sense that once they've been torn or stretched out that they will recoil like a muscle back to their normal length and then heal or scar. 
what ligaments end up doing is they'll scar up or quote unquote heal up in their elongated, new elongated position after the stretch injury, which renders the joints that those ligaments are trying to hold or that should be holding together stably incapable of doing so. And so in the knee, all that does is result in dysfunction, weakness, and further re-injury and re-aggravation. Whereas in the upper neck, the number one job of the spine is to protect the brainstem and spinal cord. It's not for motion. And so when you increase the motion there by decreasing the integrity of the ligaments through injury, now those spinal bones that are supposed to be protecting the brainstem are actually compressing the brainstem at certain times to certain magnitudes, resulting in the post-concussive symptoms because that part of the nervous system uh, brainstem is literally responsible for coordinating pretty much all the information that starts in the brain and goes to the body and relaying all the information from the body that goes back up to the brain. So when that gets bottlenecked, whether by direct compression or by increased fluid accumulation in the brain because of shifted bones, and we're only talking maybe about a millimeter or two millimeters of shift is more than enough to cause these problems, people get thrown into a state of complete and utter dysfunction where, you know, when it's really bad, they want to lop their head off. And so all these, you know, mood changes, cognitive changes, concentration changes, uh, irritability, um, not to mention just the headaches, dizziness, nausea, heart palpitations, digestive changes, reproductive changes, visual changes, hearing changes, voice changes, hoarseness of the voice. There's, there's about 50 or 60 different symptoms that could all be correlated to this that are not headaches and neck pain. And unfortunately, the medical system I've found, even as I see people come in on a regular basis, the focus is on headaches and neck pain. And as people start talking about you know, heart palpitations, and all these other gamut of symptoms, if, if they even dare to say those because the patients themselves think they're crazy saying these things, the, those things are ignored and the focus is, tell me about the pain. And, and people are literally divulging the most important information in this whole process to their physicians and the focus reverts always back to the pain and or headaches. And all the other things are related to depression and anxiety and, and there's a simple solution for that in, in a pill. And unfortunately that I've ne not to this day seen actually help anybody. And what some people may not know or may not even realize that is existing in their body is something called a vagus nerve. It is the longest cranial nerve in the body, attaching the brain to everything else, to the bones, the muscles, everything else. And so when we talk about, well, but my neck and my brain, you know, and sometimes people think that, you know, these things are separate and we'll make sure we get some images up and stuff for them to see this cranial nerve. I mean, this thing is literally like a computer system in and of itself. They're learning now that the gut, you know, and that gut brain axis, this vagus nerve, and then the heart and then the brain, they have cellular-like molecular structures similar to neurons. So these things are actively like little computerized systems and they're sensitive. So it's like when you're saying these, you know, as that muscle is elongated and stretched and things aren't connecting, what people may not know is that if the vagus nerve is being touched or poked or not aligned and not actually moving through, that is literally like your inter your superhighway system of your entire body for messaging where, so when you say heart palpitations, the brain is the control center. This vagus nerve is like that superhighway to all of the organs in everything in the body, sensory emotions, and even like making hormones or making serotonin, dopamine, all these things that matter whether or not you're depressed and feeling good, your gut biome. So that's something, yes, something there in affecting the nervous system in chiropractic care, your bones are this casing, protecting, right? And keeping that super highway system. It's like if somebody crashed through a wall and debris was all over an accident, was all over a highway, you'd have to clear that stuff up. You'd have to fix that road in order for the messaging and for that super highway system or the nervous system to be working properly. And so that is what you do on a daily basis is, is help keep that nervous system and keep that super highway system so that the messaging from the brain to the rest of the body, the heart, every active organ, you know, in the body and muscle is actually getting the messages it needs. So it's a huge deal. You know, we urge people, if you're feeling a certain way and you have gotten advice, you know, that it's just you, or I don't know, I don't have the answers. Okay. Don't stop there. It just means you haven't found the answer yet, you know, and that's why we're here doing what we're doing today, you know, and then, so as you, when you when you work with people and then understanding and looking at the body as a whole you know we talked about the, the gut this vagus nerve the brain and then the brain needing not only information but very clear nutrition you know some of you may know i'm the ceo of peace to eating so we find a lot you know we understand and we study we work with the gut brain access and, the, and gut health in your brain in your whole body health and dr b tell us you guys both have done a lot in health and nutrition and understanding that the brain needs multiple facets you know there's there's a, many different modalities to help that brain function 
from that getting the alignment, getting this treatment, understanding what to do. And then there's this whole health facet and aspect of giving your brain the nutrition it needs to successfully be able to work and heal. Can you take us into some of the research and what you have done to also help cover that entire entity for brain health? Sure, we, the main issue is, is inflammation and changes in the metabolic pathways. And so inflammation is nothing other than a compressive force, not allowing metabolism or exchange of nutrients and, and flow to happen accordingly. So the number one job initially and throughout the whole process is controlling inflammation or the swelling or pressure on tissues, whether it be the vagus nerve, whether it be the entire brain, whether it be any other tissue. And once that is under control, the exchange of nutrients and those need to be supplemented because for obvious reasons, it's not possible to simply get that from our diet, at least not in the quantities that are required for effective uh, neutralization of deficiency. And so we're either toxic or we're deficient or a combination of those two. And then when you slap inflammation into the mix, there's a triad of things there that are working against us. And so the myriad of essential nutrients, essential vitamins, essential antioxidants, essential um, fatty acids, essential building blocks that we need to be able to first off help with reducing the inflammation or the inflammatory process and then to help build up and, and give support to the body's attempt, which it does a phenomenal job of, if it has the right environment, circumstances and products to do so, we'll be able to dramatically heal whatever ends up becoming damaged, but it requires time. And so our modern age requires us to be fixed yesterday. And so the requirement for giving our body the proper environment, the proper nutrients and the proper amount of time to accomplish these tasks, they can. It's very, very simple. It's that we just need to get out of their, our preconceived notion of our time is so important and we're impatient with getting better. But I think this modern society also puts us into a state where what we put into our bodies outside of you know supplementation that we might choose to do is very toxic and very inflammatory. So as we have in the book, um, talking about changing your diet, changing the things you put in yourself regularly, and hopefully by seeing the, the results and the effects of that, a person can transform how they do things normally because of that and not despite of that, um, might help people in general feel better, get better faster, and maintain a level of self that they've been hoping to have by removing all these things that have become so standard nature for people to do that we think are correct, but ultimately they're not. And we need to revert back to doing things the way the ancient people did it so that, you know, uh, our bodies have the chance to do what they can do uh, better and more optimally. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And one of you, you've, you've created something that is, um, I'm so excited to get into people's hands and I want you, if you could share with them more, it's hard to, to get all the nutrients, like you said, and when you say essential, you know, so for, for those of you that don't know, we're just gonna do a quick little excerpt here, 101. You have essential and non-essential. Non-essential, it doesn't mean they're not important, it just means your body can create those with other foods you eat and things like that. Essential means your body cannot create those. They are essential to the stabilization and you have to get them from the foods that you eat. And nowadays, this is a whole nother uh, topic we could talk about, but when you're looking at food production and you're looking at quality of food production, it is known that the quality of the foods that we are growing today are not even close to the quality of foods that were grown thousands of years ago. Things that where the soil could just take its time and be repleted with these nutrients. You know, you almost have to eat like, you know, 10 salads or 10 bowls of greens to get what they could have gotten in a cup. And that is, is hopefully we're, we're doing some things to change that, you know, as a collective, but it is very difficult, like you said, to not only just get enough of what you need, but when you're in this inflammatory state with excess pH balance and increasing, especially athletes. Athletes, you may not realize this, but the strain that you put on your body just to be physically fit, you're creating an acidic cesspool in your body. And to neutralize and bring yourself back to that alkalinity in order to have that alkaline blood and all these other healthy things to, to deplete this inflammation, you need a lot of this stuff. And so, um, Dr. B, you guys have created something that is so easy that literally in one-stop shop, they can literally get what they need and they know, okay, 
I can feel confident that if I'm taking this and I have this, I'm successfully doing what I need to do. Can you talk to us about the concussion recovery kit and this um, product that you have? Absolutely, yeah. I'll, I'll touch on it and I'll let Ethan elaborate on it a little bit more. But essentially, we wanted to put together what we felt based on the research were um, an, an obtainable amount of essential things and, and in quantities that would be um, highly effective if taken once a day, but possibly better even if taken twice a day and in a form that I know from my own experience, um, you know, taking 14 or 18 or 20 pills once a day or a couple times a day or capsules or whatever they are, is just as much as I understand the benefit of it, even for me, it's uh, one of those things that I have an aversion to. So we wanted to create something that A, had all natural products in it and no artificial sweeteners, but that a person could take a scoop of it and even as simply as put it in water and that even for a young person who has a, a palate that is not quite as sophisticated as us older people could consume it and say, that wasn't that bad. That was actually pretty decent. And that it didn't have any artificial you know, flavors and, and colorings in it, but it had all the essential, uh, not all the essential, but the main most powerful essential building blocks for the nervous system and for anti-inflammation and antioxidation in one place, in one scoop. And so um, whether they put it in a smoothie or in something else is irrelevant, but the simplicity of being able to put it in just water and then drinking it down and having all that stuff in one shot um, to me was uh, one of the things that I thought would be the best for compliance. Because you can have all this information, you can have all the products that you need or all the supplements that you need, but if you don't actually consume them, it's a waste of your time and a waste of your money. So to have something that is both um, amenable to consumption by anybody and has everything in it and then you can take it once a day or if you want to do more, you can take it twice a day. That was kind of the goal and then uh, we set forth in doing that and Ethan went through the whole process of, of the certification, et cetera, so I can let him you know, take over. But that was sort of the main goal and the main gist and, and I believe that we have accomplished that and it is you know, very convenient in, in this wonderful world of convenience but it has everything that we believe are the, or the, the things that we believe are the most important to have in this healing process, whether you're having an acute issue or whether you're chronically suffering from post-concussive like symptoms, uh, it's, it's very essential. Yeah, and, and going on what Dr. Blaskovich just, just said is, uh, in our book, we talk a lot about the lifestyle changes that people need to make to their lifestyles. And this can be one of the biggest challenges because when you're dealing with a brain injury, you already have low energy, you already feel not as well as you did before. And you know, changing habits is hard even when you're in the best of health. So when you're in bad health with a brain injury, it can be even more difficult. So we want to look at, okay, what are like the main essential things that each person needs to be doing each day on a regular consistent basis? And then how can we make that as easy as possible? And one of the keys was taking supplements. And I know from my own personal experience as a kid um, and, and you know, being an athlete growing up, I was trying to take lots of supplements, but it, I, I, was, I had an aversion to swallowing large pills. So there were some times where I was taking this thing called an animal pack and it had like 10 different vitamins in it. And I actually have to cut those big vitamins up into like halves or quarters. And then I'm swallow, you know, it takes me two hours to get down all these different pills. And, and you know I'm throwing up or feeling bad and so I, I, I just thought there's got to be a lot easier way to be to make supplementation uh, easy to just stick to it daily and so that's why we, we came up with Dr. B's new brain uh, we found a manufacturer that could put all the different supplements that we wanted into one powder and uh, and they made it so that the powder can easily mix into water juice or a smoothie or a protein shake uh, whatever you want to drink um, and then it makes it really easy for someone to just wake up in the morning, put a scoop in their drink, drink it down first thing, and then they don't have to worry about taking any more supplements or timing pills with meals or without meals and all the other hassles that go on with taking supplements. And what's interesting as well, if I can add to that, is I've got several patients that work at the health food stores and nutritional stores. And as they've been a, become familiar with the, with the product and they see all the ingredients on the back and then they know from sourcing at their health food stores if a person were to take those quantities in uh, with all the of all the different supplements that the actual expenditure for an individual for getting all the separates and then trying to take them in capsule or pill form would end up actually costing them six times as much which was it was interesting for me to hear because I didn't think about that it was just 
getting it together and getting what we needed and then sourcing it out and doing that. But it turns out that by doing those things separately for any, any individual anywhere would on average probably be about five or six times as much expenditure. And then the compliance issue to boot, to go with that would be just, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing to think how, how, how much is possible, but then how much more complex and difficult it becomes when you, when you do it in a way that, uh, that we normally would, that I would have normally done. And I'd also like to add in too, for some people that don't know, there's two really things. First, you wanna know you're getting quality. And as someone in the industry myself, I know firsthand, and a lot of people might not know this, not all supplements are created equal. There are, there were literally, and I'm not going to name names, but there are big brands, places that you trust and you buy your food that had stuff on there that was pulled and they were sued liability because of the ingredients. You see, because a lot of this stuff is come, can come from China. And what they do is you take capsules and you take stuff in barrels and you can put it in capsules and you can sell it. So when we talk about things not being FDA regulated, there's a reason for some regulation. It's good, you wanna know things are tested. But when you get, when people are getting this stuff from China, they're looking for, they're not caring about serving the quality. They're caring about lining their pockets. And so they look for the cheapest thing, they can fill it. And unfortunately, this is, it saddens my heart because people are really trying to get themselves better, but they're not even tested and they're not even third-party tested. They're not tested by anyone. And there's nobody regulating this. And so people literally barrels of just anything are coming from across the ocean and getting put into capsules and here getting sold in America because we have a billion dollar weight loss and health industry. And what people don't know is, listen, not everything is created equal. You know, I talk healthy fats, modified keto, not all keto is created equal. Not everything is created equal. And this is where research in knowing what you are swallowing is so important. And this product, I know the quality of what is in the powder is exactly what it is, what it says to be, and will not hurt you or harm you, but it will do as is intended. And that is super huge. If you're out there and you're buying stuff, I don't care if you buy your food there, look for things like, you know, you know, even third party tested or elements like that or ways that you can know, am I really swallowing what they say I'm swallowing? So you really cannot be ignorant and be researched and I can vet this product. Number two, when we talk about mixing it in a liquid form, for those of you that may not be familiar with the digestive tract and all this, you have to break down everything first before your body can even absorb it. So there's a bioavailability in a product that you're taking. And if your gut and your biome cannot break stuff down or there's binders and fillers and pills and all these other things, you're not getting it. It's like they say that Centrum vitamins are literally backing up our plumbing supply, okay? It's like you can't, you can't even absorb it. So the fact that this is in liquid form, it is less time for your body. Your body doesn't have to break it down. It doesn't have to work so hard and you can absorb it, which means chances are you are, well, not chances are, you are getting much more and absorbing much more of the nutrition than you even would if you were spending 10 times more, you know, taking 10 times the time, you know, swallowing all these pills and still not even getting what you're going to get just by taking something in this available form. And so that's why I'm so excited. And, um, and that's why you guys are, are here today. Can we, we are going to have links, all of your information. So guys, if you want to get this book in your hand, which I urge you to do so, these guys are just great and get your hands on this product. You can just follow, if you're, if you're in the Brain Health Summit, you can follow the links below and it will take you to their pages. We will have them posted everywhere and they will not be strangers on our podcasts, on our sites. And um, there's, they have, there's so much um, information and just great knowledge to share with us. Guys, is there um, any way that if they want to get a hold of you guys or, you know, say somebody is in your area and actually wants to come to the clinic or just more ways that they can hear about you, hear about what you have to say and get to know you guys better and get some of these products. Can you just direct them to um, all of your availability and how they can do that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, for the clinic here, it's the whip. It's not the it's it's whiplashclinic.com is the website. And as far as if they're in the area, um, generally for safety measures, if they know that they're going to be in the area three months in advance uh, or four would be the best if they you know want to come in person. Um, I do a lot of it's not necessarily virtual. Um, and I will explain people's imaging to them through a Zoom call like this so that they can visually see what I would normally show them here in, in office. But um, uh, I do a lot of remote stuff and I have for years, even prior to uh, for prior to COVID, 
Um, and I try to stay away from that as much as possible here in the office with my patients that are local. But for people that contact me from Germany, from Australia, from India, from wherever, um, it's, it's really, really um, not complicated on, because I literally need to look at the imaging that they've had done and any history information that they can share. And generally, you know, I can pick out nuggets for most people out of the imaging that they've already had where they've been told it's normal. That explains the clinical presentation, as I said earlier, that they're telling me they have by way of their symptom list so that I can make sense out of the imaging that they've had that is normal according to, you know, the reports, but yet literally does show uh, signs of, of, of problems that could be causing the symptoms that they're having. And so um, that can easily be done remotely. And, and if, I, if I need to explain that imaging to people, it's very easy to do, to do with Zoom, but if they want to do it in person and they're going to be in the area, usually, you know, our wait list for that kind of stuff is anywhere between three and four months. Uh, at present and so just to keep that uh, in the back of their minds if that is something that they're considering um, uh, I think that's about it yeah and then so for if they're interested in getting the motion x-ray done at the clinic here uh, they can go to motionxray.ca it's a separate website that we set up that's all information about the motion x-ray and there's a contact form on there that they can fill out to to get into the queue if they're interested in actually going forward with the motion x-ray uh, and then for our book and the supplement and the concussion recovery kit, uh, the place to go for that is concussionrecoverykit.com. Uh, I'll, I'll tell a little bit about the concussion recovery kit. So essentially what the kit is, is you get the supplements, you get the book, uh, as well as you get a recipe book, which kind of outlines what foods to be eating, what foods to be avoiding, and it has a few different sample recipes for lunches, dinners, uh, smoothies, juices, that kind of stuff that people can get a good understanding of, okay, what kind of diet changes should I be making while I'm recovering? And then also in the concussion recovery kit, we include Dr. B's trigger pointer, uh, which is a patented tool that he's developed to uh, essentially treat yourself with acupressure, which is the technique that he uses here in the clinic most of the time. And so essentially, I, I'll use this uh, whenever I'm starting to feel soreness in my neck or, or pain after going snowboarding or doing something where there's a very jarring activity. And it basically gives me the power to treat myself at any time without having to wait for an appointment to come and see Dr. B. So whenever symptoms arise, I can just lay down and start using the trigger pointer on my neck or on the muscles that are sore, and that will relieve a lot of the tension and pain. Uh, and then also in the concussion recovery kit, uh, they get blue light blocking glasses, which help reduce symptoms related to bright light and screens. Uh, they get a sleep mask, which helps with the day uh, or, you know, getting those extra meditation sessions in and stuff without having any kind of influence from the outside light. Um, and then we also have an online course on there as well. It has about 70 video lessons of myself and Dr. Blaskovich going through a lot of the different topics that are covered in the book, as well as some other topics that aren't covered in the book. And uh, so essentially the concussion recovery kit combines supplements, tools for symptom relief, and then education products so that people get the complete package and they can completely understand what it is they need to do and also have the tools to be able to then treat themselves. Real, real time, real life, real time techniques, right? It's great. We can read all this stuff, and we talked all these. I'm sure it, when you're dealing with concussions, you've, they've spoken to a lot of doctors. They've taken a lot of brain neuroscience. If you're not studying the brain, you've taken a lot of education and information. And how does that, how does that apply to me on a day to day basis? My quality of living. And quality of living is the state that you are in. The quality of your life. There are plenty of people that we would look at that say they have a wonderful quality of life, right? But their perception doesn't elude that, and you would never tell when you met them. And so the, when you're, when you're recovering or you're, you're down, you know, when you talk, even when you talk about sunlight, sunshine just makes you feel better, right? It literally lifts your state. And when you're in something, if you're, you know, especially recur like recovering or helping someone recover from a brain injury, sometimes things can get stressful. It can get frantic. It can get stressed and you're just not feeling good. You just feel like crap. And then, you don't you know, you just, you're in a bad state. And if we, you know, we study the brain around here, but it's like, you've got that triad, that physiology, and that state change and that emotional change, you know, stress and the stress of getting better, stress in and of itself increase inflammation. And and you don't have natural wind in your sails. It's like, you know, all of us were athletes at one point in time, strap a sled to your waist and run two miles. Yeah, that takes some intensity, right? But if you have wind in your sails and you're on a sailboat, or even if you're going down a snowboard, I do know it's snowboard. Yeah, if you're going down the mountain, you're not, you're going and you've got momentum and you're moving and it's effortless. And so the whole goal is 
that if you can change those eyeglasses or perspective that possibly life happening for you, it's hard to embrace these injuries or some of these challenges, but diamonds become diamonds under pressure. And if we have the perception and the perspective and realize you're not alone, you are supported, you know, we are here to support them, you know, and this information is there to support them and they are empowered. They are not a victim and they can make these changes. And what's so beautiful is I know that by them implementing these things that we're talking about, by them implementing the items in the membership site that you have and these vitamins, they're going to feel better because their body will produce more serotonin and dopamine. They'll feel, they'll have, their brain will produce more dopamine just because they've decided to take action. It's like a great job, you know, it's that feel good, move the flags, you know? And it's all these things. And a lot of, you know, concussions, you know, if it comes from possibly athletic performance, you know, when you're pushing yourself that there's a goal at hand, you know? And so it's like understanding and, and, and truly feeling empowered, taking these steps. And if you're stealing the noise and you're meditating and you're connecting with yourself, you're going to be happy or happier. You may come up with some things and have some awarenesses, but you know, it's like that hurts so good, you know, embrace it, just take it. It's that hurts so good effect at the end. I can't thank you guys enough for being here and sharing this space and this time with us, you know, and, and showing up for the people that we serve on the other end. Um, I'm now going to let you guys just say um, a goodbye to the audience and let you wrap it up. Thank you. I guess if I could just plug one thing is that I think uh, my personal philosophy is is that I think people need to be empowered to deal with their own issues themselves with, first of all, being empowered with the knowledge of what's wrong and what's going on. So diagnostics is first and foremost the most important thing so that nothing is being or as little as possible is being done blindly without any knowledge of the underlying condition. And then secondarily, based on that firm diagnosis of that condition, uh, people being empowered with the tools to use at any time that they need to, any given day, any time, so that they don't have to wait and be dependent on a passive treatment by someone like myself or any other chiropractor, massage therapist, physician, as long as they can avoid that. And, and I'm living proof 26 years later that that is possible. I rarely go get a treatment anywhere from anyone. Um, and yet, for the most part, I would say that I function at what for me feels like 100% capacity or maybe even 110% capacity right now and ongoing. And so it is very possible. Uh, it's not quote unquote easy because it does take diligent effort on a daily basis and I no longer see it as work. I just see it as part of what I do. So I will trigger point myself every day, uh, whether I never do it prophylactically because what's interesting about this, uh, this uh, craniocervical instability issue is that it is a permanent injury and it's, it's a permanent problem. And so the little core muscles underneath the base of the skull are constantly trying to supplement the fact that the ligaments are no longer there and don't have the integrity that they did. And so those muscles will fry out on a daily basis and, and my experience multiple times. And as I feel that coming on, whether it's, I just start feeling my ears plug up more or my blurry vision getting worse, or I actually start feeling some neck pain or a slight headache coming on or a little bit of dizziness, I will address those at that moment right there. And so being able to empower people, which I try as, as best as I can to learn those little, little subtle techniques, which seem overly simple, but like I said, 26 years later, they do work. It's just a matter of digesting the fact that something so complex as craniocervical instability that you can abate your own symptoms with such a simple technique that can be done anytime, any day by yourself, anywhere that you are to reset that system or that support system of those little core muscles so that they can actually do the job that they're intended to do, which they have no choice to do from the moment of your injury forward, but they will fail. And, and if you understand how to re reverse the fail, fail mode, um, at any given time, that's a huge win for your actual person because then you literally can revert yourself back into a normal functioning person at this new level of normal, which like I said, I mean, I govern myself at about 110%. So most people that know me, you know, kind of shake their head and question how I can do all that I do on a daily basis and still keep some level of sanity, but it is very possible. So, you know, that as, as a plug for people out there, that are you know living in the in the depths of despair because of the post-concussive stuff that they're going through assuming that it is from their upper neck the the possibilities are very very powerful and very very possible yeah and just building on top of that um 
you know, this our, our program and our book and everything isn't just for people with new injuries. It's also for people that have had long-term symptoms and many years of symptoms. Um, everything that we teach in the book, pretty much all of it is things that you can do yourself and at home. And that was really what was one of the main focuses that we wanted to do was, you know, explain what the things are that myself and Dr. Blaskovich do on our own to treat our own symptoms and, and really lay out a framework for, you know, this is how you can go forward with your life. And whenever these problems arise, this is how you can treat it or address it. Um, because a lot of times, you know, things will come up and, you know, you have work the next day or you have some other big thing and you can't really just take four or five days of doing nothing until you get treated. You have to figure it out now and continue on with your life because, you know, life's just so demanding these days, especially, you know, being an adult and you know, being a doctor like Dr. Blaskovich, he, he can't sleep. <laughs> so um, essentially, yeah, like with our book and with our course and the program, we, we wanted to focus on things that we've used ourselves that have really helped ourselves. And some of them might seem really basic when someone actually gets into the book. Like, for example, one of the things we talk about is sunshine and getting enough sunshine. And it might seem like, you know, what is sunshine going to do for my concussion? But oftentimes people are just told to go and sit in a dark room all the time. And then uh, by sitting in a dark room, you're actually suppressing your immune system and you're not getting the vitamin D that your body needs. So by getting out into the sun, you know, even if you're very sensitive to bright light, that's why we have the sleep mask in there too, because you could just put the sleep mask on and someone could guide you outside. And you could just sit in a chair for five or ten minutes, get some sunlight on your body, that'll boost your immune system, give you some vitamin D. Um, and, and if you consistently do that, as well as the other habits that we teach in the book, uh, I, I pretty much guarantee that people are going to be feeling a lot better in, in a few weeks or a few months. After 26 years of pretty much on a daily basis seeking, uh, seeking out the answers to potentially a magic bullet for all of this, I've not yet found one. And so that always brings me back to basically the, the daily proactive re regime that uh, is explained in the book on, on multiple levels that I think uh, if a person embraces that and accepts that, um, they're no longer gonna need a magic bullet. Because like I said, after 26 years of diligent, almost daily search for that magic bullet, I'm not saying it's not out there, I just haven't found it yet. Thank you so much for having us, uh, it was a pleasure. And hopefully we can uh, provide some uh, empowerment for uh, people out there searching for something that uh, will give them an edge on this. Yeah, very well said. Thanks for having us, Francis.